Welcome everybody for day 21 of Nurses Outside the Box. So glad you're here again. And we are here with a phenomenal nurse again. Cynthia is here, Cynthia Thurlow, who's a nurse practitioner, and I think she's so much more, but I'm going to let you hear her story. So Cynthia, welcome to the podcast. So glad to have you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I've really been excited about this. Yeah, well, it's so glad from you, another nurse outside the box, truly a nurse outside the box. Um, what I, I'm just going to jump in and, mm -hmm. and let you tell a little bit about your story. What makes you a nurse outside the box? That's always the first question. Oh, goodness. Well, uh, because I am not working in the capacity I was before. So I started as an ER nurse, then became a cardiology nurse practitioner. And about four years ago, I pivoted and kind of jumped into the entrepreneurial space. And so I still have the opportunity to use all of my skills as a nurse, but just in different ways. So uh, a lot of what I do is advocacy work. I do a lot of public speaking. I still work one-on-one -on -one with patients uh, and still have the opportunity to run group programs. But I, as I always say, you know, my first love is nursing. I think we, we are really intrinsically trained to be able to offer quite a bit to people you know, throughout their lifetime. So I'm an entrepreneur. When people ask me what I do now, I always say I'm a nurse entrepreneur. And I think uh, one of the things that I hear most frequently from other nurses is please, please, please make sure you talk about being a nurse because we want people to understand how much uh, flexibility and freedom that we have uh, with our training to be able to do other things. You know, we're not just in a box, uh, meaning we have to just ascribe to wherever our training point was and that's all we can do. You know, there's a lot of limiting beliefs that I think a lot of people still embrace, um, even as seasoned you know, professionals. And so for me, I, I always say I, I took a leap before I looked, uh, and that's actually worked out really well for me on many levels. But that's, that's a little so, bit about my background. Yeah, a little bit. I'd love to hear a lot more though. What is a little bit of your story? Because really what, mm -hmm. what have you been, what is the steps? Because I think there's so many nurses, especially nowadays, right? Mm -hmm. Who are saying, I want another way of practicing. I, I want to stay into nursing. I love the profession, but I want another way. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey. So where did you go? How did you get there? Yeah. So I was one of those pre-law people, you know, years ago. So my first degree is actually in foreign affairs or international studies, depending on who you speak to now. And when I left college and had gotten into law school, I had, had been accepted into a couple, you know, very well-regarded uh, law schools, but it, it started to dawn on me that I, I didn't feel intrinsically connected to being an attorney. I would have loved, I mean, I'm a lifelong learner. I love learning, would have loved to have had the vigor of uh, law school, but didn't really want to practice. And so here's the irony. I'd always wanted a dog and I got a dog, you know, I'm out of college. I am not living with my parents. And getting that dog changed the trajectory of my life. I became very interested in the healing arts. I initially thought maybe I wanted to go to veterinary school. Bad idea if you have really bad cat allergies. And so what I started to do, even though I was working for a Fortune 500 company, I started taking pre-med classes because I thought to myself, this is really what I'm interested in. And so I went back and took biology and microbiology and chemistry and was humbled. Uh, it was a totally different way of learning and kind of made my way through. And, and I had taken a pharmacology class and the professor stopped me after class. Obviously I was a couple of years older than most of the other students. And said, what are you doing here? And I explained what I was interested in. And he said, you know, my sister is a nurse practitioner. I really see being a nurse. And I was kind of surprised it hadn't even occurred to me, even though I had tons of nurses in my family, you know, both my grandmothers, my mother, several aunts, all of whom were nurses. Uh, and many physicians in my family. And so that changed the, the pivot. I pivoted again. 
and uh, started working uh, for an HIV clinic in DC and really felt that I was drawn to nursing and that I, I really wanted to be an HIV nurse practitioner. That was the end result. That's where I could see myself going. And at the yeah. time, the HIV AIDS crisis really was still at a crisis state. Uh, and Baltimore and in San Francisco were the two areas I was really seriously looking at to do a dual program where I would do a bachelor's and at the time, the end degree for a nurse practitioner with a master's. And I, I went to Hopkins and actually uh, met the faculty and, and did a lot of events there, took some classes with other students to really observe. And I was like, if I get into Hopkins, this is where I'm going. Got into Hopkins and that was it. I mean, I was, uh, you know, it, it's amazing how the direction our lives will take. Sometimes you don't know if you're going to be good at something, but again, you take that leap without looking and that's exactly what I did. And, you know, that started a, a very, you know, 20 plus year journey you know, first as an ER nurse, I'm a complete adrenaline junkie. I like the vigor and the excitement mm -hmm. uh, of being in the ER. I love learning. I love thinking. I loved, you know, the critical thinking, the autonomy that you had as an ER nurse. And then when I became a nurse practitioner, I was completely obsessed with the heart. I worked uh, as an ER nurse at a, at a big hospital that was very cardiology focused. So mm -hmm. I had a really good foundation in cardiology. And so that was 16 years of cardiology and navigated from Baltimore down to the DC area, uh, had always worked for hospitals, but then ultimately joined a very large, very well-regarded cardiology practice that saw patients all over Northern Virginia and initially started just doing hospital-based. And then the challenges of working in the clinic, which for anyone who's listening that has transitioned from the hospital to the clinic, I think we sometimes think it's going to be easier. It's far harder because you're so much more autonomous you don't have someone coming behind you to say, yes, no, I agree with that. And it was always the, you know, as I'm deciding whether or not I need to admit someone or if I need to bring them back the following day, or if I can safely send them out of the office, uh, that really pivoted and changed my life again. And at the time I had children at home, I, I needed to have a more regular schedule. I needed to know that when I left the clinic, I left the clinic. I wasn't tethered to a pager and to a call schedule like I had been. Right. And you know, I got very, very good at being an NP and, and I, you know, all of us have gifts. And so I used to always say when I was a younger NP, my gift was that I had, a, I have an incredible ability to connect with people intrinsically, figuring out what they need on many levels. And then as I became a more seasoned NP, I really was asked to step up my role, uh, mentor others, you know, mentoring students as well as new nurse practitioners, and then just really being an advocate for the nursing profession but then I, I started to grow a little, a little bit restless. I, I felt like I had kind of, they, my practice was incredibly accommodating. Uh, I had an incredible schedule. I mean, it went from being full-time to part-time to partial-time. They, they wanted to accommodate everything that I, I needed in my personal life, uh, but I grew kind of listless and I needed some other challenge. So initially, I thought that was starting a doctoral program. I took one class and decided that wasn't it. Um, I don't to wellness coaching and actually got a, um, a wellness coaching certification through Well Coaches, which is a very well-respected coaching program. That didn't do it. And then I read a blog of a non-nurse and it really started to resonate for me that it all starts with food, that a lot of our health problems really stem from our lifestyle choices and the foods that we're consuming. And so I did a, a functional nutrition program and that lit me up. And then I started mm -hmm. to realize that that decision was one of the best decisions I've ever made because it opened the opportunity to a whole world I hadn't even considered. And so 
I was still working as a nurse practitioner in this cardiology practice. I started to ramp up a, a wellness slash nutrition business uh, and it kind of exploded. And, and so I came to a point where I got very tired of writing prescriptions. That's really the honest truth. Mm-hmm. I loved my patients. It was a really hard decision. I cried every day I was, I was at work and I'm not an emotional person. I love the people I worked with. I love my patients, but I just felt that I could do more by not working in that model that I was in, that if I really spent time talking to patients about the food choices they were making and how they were living their lives, that I would make an even larger impact. And so took that leap of faith without looking and jumped into the entrepreneurial space and really never looked back. Uh, I, I started creating programs uh, in anticipation for consistent themes I was seeing I created a very robust one-on-one programs for for patients. And then, uh, you know, I've always enjoyed public speaking. And and so the next challenge, and as an introvert, people always find this surprising. As an introvert, I like to challenge myself even if I don't want to. And so I was like, I need to do a TED Talk. That'll that'll be a challenge, a safe challenge. And so uh, that two years ago turned into uh, accepting three TED Talks, doing two, Uh, one went viral and, uh, you know, the rest is history and that opened up more doors. So I, I think it's really important for those of us that are nurses that are not doing the stereotypical gig. You know, we're not in a hospital, we're not in a clinic. If we're doing something different, we have an opportunity to not only encourage our other uh, nursing peers, but just educating the public that nurses really are the most trusted profession. We have such incredible transferable skills and we're just uniquely primed as healers, caregivers, uh, you know, that empathetic kind of drive that most of us possess to really be able to do so much more. Like I always say, like, we're not in a box, you know, we're not, I think sometimes, and this is something that I sometimes see with physicians thinking that because they've done their, their fellowship, they've done their training, they can't do anything else. And I sometimes tell them like, that's the coolest thing ever is that we have the opportunity as healthcare professionals to be able to offer so much more. We're just, our limitations are only in our imagination. My goodness, I love it. And I love how you actually followed your intuition every single step of the way, right? It felt good, so you went mm-hmm. there. And another thing felt good, and you went there. It seems like you've been doing it all throughout your life. What would you say to nurses? Because I'm sure you're getting more and more nurses, right? Mm-hmm. Saying, I, I want to do what you do. So what would you say to nurses right now? Well, I would encourage them to do your homework. I think it's important to make educated decisions. I'm not suggesting that anyone, I didn't just leap without doing some foundational work, but if there's someone you're drawn to that's in the public arena or someone that you see on social media or someone that's in the public eye, I can't tell you how wonderful it is when someone reaches out to me and says, I'm a nurse or I'm in nursing school and I love the trajectory of your career and I'd like to do that. Because I feel like part of, part of what is so important to me as a human is to give back. And so I will get on phone calls with people or I'll reply to messages. My team will send me messages. I want to inspire more people. So what I would suggest to people first and foremost is if there's someone that you admire or you know, the trajectory of their career really is something that you are, are interested in, try to reach out to them. I think more often than not, I'm I'm oftentimes humbled by how gracious people are with their time. I know certainly when I was just starting out, uh, there were many, many people who took time out of their schedules. They didn't have to do that, but they were happy to meet me for coffee or they would connect on the phone or we would connect over email. And I valued that so much. So first and foremost, 
don't be afraid of hearing no. I sometimes get no's, but I always tell people no doesn't mean no. It means no, not right now. Uh, so don't be afraid of hearing no. If there's someone who says it's really not convenient, I always say, well, when can I follow up with you? And I'm always very respectful of their time. So doing your homework, uh, reaching out to people, not being afraid of hearing no, because again, no just doesn't mean no forever. It means no, not right now. Mm-hmm. Being respectful of people's time if they are interested or willing to, to connect with you. And then, you know, I think that the model of education is shifting and changing so much. Like I, I know for myself, my parents, when I didn't finish a doctoral program or wasn't interested in proceeding more, the old mindset is you have to go to a university and you have to necessarily get training there. And what I would advocate for is that we have so much available to us, you know, whether it's books, whether it's a podcast, whether it is online teaching and training, that we don't have to go back and get another degree. What I would suggest and, and what my, my mindset has been is I am still paying off Hopkins debt. Eventually I will pay it all off. But because of that, it makes me pause when I have to invest more money in training. And so for me, I actually put money into hiring coaches and being part of a mastermind where I can be inspired by others. So you do need to make investments, but it should be a smart investment. It should be something as an entrepreneur in particular that you can monetize from. If you are you know, a nurse at the bedside and you are interested in nutrition, there are so many options that are out there. Or if yeah. you were interested in mentoring or you wanna go and teach people, there are so many options. So really and truly, and I mean this from my heart, your options are only you know, in your mind. So. Uh, meaning that, you know, the limiting beliefs that we all have, which oftentimes will creep up when we're feeling a little bit insecure, you know, there are no limitations. It's really your imagination. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a powerful realization that that mindset shift, that recognizing that you don't have to do the same thing day in, day out, if it's, if it really is making you unhappy. And here's the other piece that I really want to emphasize. You don't have to quit your day job. If you're thinking about making a change, I obviously didn't. Uh, you know, and it just got to a point where it was a breaking point of, I I can't do all of this and still, you know, manage a family. So sometimes you have to do your day, your, your, your side gig, if you will, for a period of time before you're ready to, uh, leave the job that you're in. But just, you know, you want to be smart about it. You know, you don't want to, I always, I always use the expression. I leaped before I looked, but I'm married to an engineer and I'm also very left brained. So I made sure there were things in place so that I made a, a good, a good decision. Not a great decision. I have another hey, I love what you're saying. I'm, I'm curious, um, looking a little bit to the future, right? And towards nursing specifically. Mm-hmm. What, what do you see um, in the future for nursing and for nurses that's kind of maybe a little bit different than what it's been so far? Or what do you see there? What is, yeah. what is your view on that? I think we're going to see a rise of more, of more business owners that are nurses. You know, advanced practice nurses can own their own practice. I mean, I am yeah. autonomous in the state of Virginia, which is really exciting. Virginia was way behind Maryland and D.C., so that finally came to fruition last year. Uh, I think you're going to see more nurse-led businesses, and whether it's in aesthetics or people have a brick-and-mortar business, I think you're going to see more people that have an online presence, which I think is amazing and so important. You know, more people doing podcasts, uh, more nurses that are able to take that skill set and apply to just about anything. Teaching, uh, you know, again, I, I think that it goes back to really thinking outside the box. We don't have to necessarily go back, and and by no means. I have many friends doing their doctoral degrees. I think that's awesome. 
Um, we definitely, we definitely need more in, mm -hmm. you know, nursing, um, faculty. So that may be someone's choice, but not feeling limited that just because you've been doing one particular role, that that's what you have to do forever. Like recognizing that there are a lot of opportunities. And I, I think the entrepreneurial space is one in particular that will continue to grow that people, and, and I think COVID-19 is really demonstrating that for a lot yeah. of individuals. I had a fully online entrepreneurial business. And so I haven't taken the unfortunate economic uh, hit that a lot of my peers have. And so I, I think that people want to recession proof their business and their lifestyles. And so uh, that is going to force people to get a little uncomfortable, meaning they're going to have to find other ways to generate income. And that's where I think uh, nursing has a, an endless amount of opportunities. And that could even be, you know, people that affiliate with certain products, uh, not that you're selling your soul, but, you know, I'm white labeling supplements, I'm creating an app for um, intermittent fasting. And so mm -hmm. I, I think that, you know, from the entrepreneurial space, you know, it, there are many, many iterations and many, many options for people, but just, you know, don't, don't limit yourself. Recognize that, you know, if you haven't, it's just because someone else hasn't done it first, doesn't mean it's not something that's an opportunity that could be viable. I love it. I love it. Well, let's wrap it up soon because you have so much more information. I am curious, what do you see for yourself? You've done a TED Talk already. You've done all these amazing things and it, it does feel like you're a person who always wants to grow. Is there anything particular that you're focusing on right now? Yeah. So I'm writing a book uh, about yes. intermittent fasting for women. Uh, there's just no one that's focusing purely on women. So that's obviously a passion project. Like yes. I mentioned, I'm creating an intermittent fasting app and some, I, I'm doing some supplements things that are, you know, it, it's not woo woo. It's not, you know, pseudoscience, but real products that I feel like my female patients are really asking for. Um, nice. So that's three things. And then I also think I, I, I really, I developed a, a foundation. So it's called the everyday wellness project. And so I do want to get into the, the philanthropic uh, space. I just haven't yet figured out what that will be. Mm. And lastly, I would say, you know, I, Every once in a while, I think about doing a doctoral degree, largely because I, I love to learn. And so I, I think at some point I will do that, but I'm probably going to wait until my kiddos are out of high school. They're middle school and, and high school age right now, okay. but right. probably when they're out of high school and, and they're not at home and I, I wouldn't feel quite so guilty uh, not being you know, physically there for them because obviously that's a lot of work. So maybe those oh. things, I would say that and some traveling, that's probably high on my list right now. <laughs> When COVID's over again. So yes, yes. all of COVID's over again. Absolutely. Yes. Awesome. Well, let's wrap it up. I mean, thank you so much for being here. I kind of have two questions for, for you. If people want to get in touch with you, that's the best way. And I think the last question is all around, if you had one tip for nurses, right? For nurses who want to be nursed outside the box uh, or at least want to have um, a different way of, of, mm -hmm. of nursing for themselves, what would be your, what would be your tip, your best mm. tip? Well, I'm going to hit the tip first because that's fresh on my mind. I would say that, you know, spend some time thinking about what you want your life to be like. Uh, I know that sounds a little overly simplistic, but I can tell you that I grew really tired. This is terrible to say. I grew really tired of working long shifts. I didn't want to do a 12, 13, 14 hour shift anymore. And I didn't want to work weekends and nights anymore. And I didn't want to work holidays. So for me, when I sat down and thought about what my life could be like, it was, you know what? I don't want to start my day before 11 a.m. And I don't want to work. Uh, I don't want to work night shifts, and I don't want to do a fourteen-hour day. The irony is, as an entrepreneur, you're always working, but it's on your own <laughs> terms. So, 
to find for yourself. And that could look very different for everyone who's, who's watching or listening. It could be that someone says, I only want to work three days a week. That's awesome. I don't want to work weekends anymore. We totally understand that. Uh, you know, it could be that you want to have a mobile business. Like for me, I can grab my laptop and I can work from anywhere. And I think that's really critical and pivotal for people to understand that, you know, sometimes when you're manifesting or you're sitting down to envision what your life could be like, you have to put pen to paper or, you know, if you're uh, of a younger generation, maybe you're grabbing your electric electronic device and typing in there what you envision that to be like. So I think it's really important to get those things on paper or into your device, uh, get it written down so that you have something to reference. Because I can tell you right now, I didn't fully understand and appreciate this enough before, but one of my first business coaches said, when do you want to start your day? And I was like, well, what does that mean? And I was like, oh, I want to be able to get up and exercise. I want to be able to shower. And I don't want to have to get up at 4.30 in the morning, which is what I did for years to make that happen before work. So I think it's really critical that you just envision what that life could be like uh, and you know, put things into place that, that will make that come to fruition. Um, when it comes to finding me, I would say you can always check my website, www.cynthiathurlow.com. Uh, I am active on social media, Instagram, Twitter. I have a Facebook group called Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle backslash my name. That's a free Facebook group. I also have a podcast that I love called Everyday Wellness. Uh, and I'm, I'm really excited because I am interviewing some amazing individuals uh, over the next couple months. We're kind of batch recording. But I would love an opportunity, and I just want to put this out there into the universe. I would love an opportunity to... Uh, to showcase more, more uh, nurses. Uh, sometimes it's hard. A lot of nurses are very humble and they, don't, they, they, they always say, I don't want to brag or I don't want to you know, be on a platform. But I was recently asked why I don't have more nurses on the podcast. And I said, the honest reason is when I approach them, a lot of them just don't want to. They, they're very, you know, they are the humble warriors behind the scenes. You know, they, they're not necessarily people that you know, want to be up in the public eye. And so if you are listening and you're doing something extraordinary and, and would like to be featured on Everyday Wellness, don't hesitate to reach out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for that tip. Thank you for this interview. It's been delight talking to you. If anybody's listening or viewing this, right, please comment, please share. There mm -hmm. is another nurse who needs to hear this, right? Absolutely. And you might be that link, right, to that other nurse. So please share because we'd love to get this message out. We, I so agree with you. We need to have more nurses seen and heard and yeah, see what phenomenal things we do. So, thank you so much. And thank for you. everybody else, we'll see you on the next interview. Bye to you. Bye.